Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Technicari. My name is Valentine Mohamba, editor at TechZim. Uh, a little bit of a hiatus in the last, I think, couple of weeks. But back again, and today I'm joined by Takuzu Wanongo, who... Let me let me let the man introduce himself. Takuzu, how are you? How are you? Uh, I'm all right. How are things going? Okay. I think so. I think so. Okay. Uh, they don't sound okay. I mean, any Zimbabwean who says things are okay. Yeah. Things are going really well. Then. I'm all right, man. Yeah, that's good to hear. So we're here because... So was it on Mon- yesterday, right? Monday, we covered Kite, um, the uh, e-learning platform. And then, funny enough, a colleague of mine sent me a, a, a screen grab from what he saw about you, thinking that we hadn't covered it, but uh, I don't think he checked the blog. So I'm just going to read it for uh, a short excerpt from it for everyone to just get a little bit of background on you. Uh, so Takuzu right. Nongo was sad to discover that it almost that almost seven out of ten of the students that write all levels fail every year. He set himself on a mission to solve this problem and started by sitting 18 subjects at all level in 2017, obtaining 16 A's and two B's. Right, man. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to give me some background on that. Okay. Um so uh you know when I was in form three. That's when I discovered that a lot of students were failing. So I thought I could come up with a solution uh, to that problem. So I thought if I were to write 18 subjects, then I would, I would get um, first-hand experience with approaching uh, a different kinds of subjects. And then I would use these experiences in developing the solution. Mm. So, yeah, so I... I set myself to the mission and I took those 18 subjects. Wow. Okay. 18 subjects is a lot. And the pass rate is actually quite scary as well because I was going over the pass rate over yeah. the years. In 2017, it was 26.35. According to the Herald in uh, 20, 2017, sorry, 2016, it was 14.25% lower than that. In 2018, it was 31.2. In 2019, 31.6. In 2020, it was 24.6, and in 2021, it was 33.9. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm curious, man. Like, how do you drive yourself to say, I'm going to do 18 subjects? Um, I know that you're looking for a solution to a problem, but that might feel a little bit of bridge when it comes to the process of actually learning and going through that process. And, and another little question How old were you when you did that? Um, so, in. Um... When I was in Form 3, I think I was uh, 16. Yeah, I was 16 then. Mm. Then Form from 4, I was 17. So, yeah. yeah so, so I'm curiously about the, the, the amount of subjects, 16 subjects, or oh, well, the total, 18 subjects, sorry. How were you able to study for all of that? Okay, so um, I actually, you know, when you are doing uh, 18 subjects, there are subjects like um, commerce, economics, business studies. So these subjects have content which, uh, which overlaps. Mm. So, you know, I, I came up with a strategy of uh, studying less, you know, when, when, when it's such subjects with overlapping content. Mm. So that, that helped with the load. And I also used a strategy whereby I... I would read content off and off again to I, I mastered it. So I'm a fast reader, so that helped as well in uh, in quickly mastering concepts. 
Interesting. I'm, I'm just curious. It, it answers the question, but I've got a little bit of a follow-up. Um, in, okay. in terms of overlap, though, like some subjects, they do overlap, but like they have mm. they're, they're different sort of concepts that you need to learn or unique sort of things you need to learn in those subjects. How do you then manage the load uh, with these AD subjects in those periods that were, let's say, unique to that subject? Okay. Uh, so I would, I would say I put myself under a lot of pressure, you know, to, to, to cover that unique content. And uh, for the most part uh, of my all levels, I was, I was studying and, and revising. Okay. So you, you, just told yourself, you just told yourself I'm going to study. Yeah, that, that was pretty much it. I'm, I'm taking myself back to my O-level experience and it was a chore to do the, I think, 12 subjects that I did. But to add another six to that, yeah, man, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of applying yourself uh, to it and just having, like, if, if you have, um, like, a bigger goal you want to achieve, then the drive is easier for you. Mm. Okay. So this pass rate was really low and we've seen it kind of middling up and down as we've gone through the years. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think was lacking from the curriculums or the ways of teaching that would push students? So this is just one aspect of it from the learner's perspective. What was lacking um, in the curriculum, the subjects uh, and the ways of teaching that you felt you could find a solution for? Okay, uh, so the the first problem is to do with access to quality learning content. So you'd find out that um, it's almost uh, 10 or so students sharing one good textbook uh, per class. Mm-hmm. So in, in that case, it's really difficult for, for the student to, to learn in a conducive way. And then we, we go on to look at the, the student to teacher ratio. There's about... Uh, 50, 50 students to, to one teacher in, in most schools. So now that makes it difficult for the teacher to focus on, on the weaknesses of each and every learner. So yeah, those, those are the major issues in, in the learning system you know, that needed to be solved. Was there something you experienced at Kokomere? Uh, I read on Shasha Network that that is what, what you took at, uh, at O-Level. Um, yeah, like, yeah, learning resources were, were difficult to come by. And also that teacher, I mean, that issue of, of us being a lot, uh, you know, compared to the number of, of our teachers. Okay. So on, on a teacher's perspective, on the teacher side, it's, it's, it's really, it's it, like, I sympathize with the teachers because they don't make enough money for them to find any joy from their work. Um, yeah. So in the economic aspect that teachers aren't getting what they should be in terms of um, remuneration or pay, um, how, mm-hmm. in your experience, like how did that, how did that sort of, exp- how did the teachers, I should say, um, their conduct, I'm not saying it was bad, but I'm just saying their conduct, how did it reflect on you as a student? Um, during the time that, that I was in, I was doing my O-levels, uh, the situation was still, was still manageable. I mean, their salaries were a bit okay back then so it didn't really affect much the learning experience but now i i think things have turned out to be really bad you know this government teacher impasse is it's really impacting students in a very very big way 
So in this, again, I can't stop stressing 18 subjects. Um, mm. What did you see about the way subjects were taught in your experience? So what I really want to know is with the way that you took on so many subjects, did you have enough time to attend all of these classes? How much of it was in-class learning and how much of it was um, learning, um, learning by yourself? Okay, so... I think I took um, classes for 10 subjects. Was it 10 or 12? And then the rest I was doing by myself. So when it was close to to exam time, I had to excuse myself from from other classes so that I could take the time to to study the subjects that I still needed to master. Okay. And and your parents, in, in terms of like registration for all of these subjects, um, were they a little apprehensive or were they a little scared to be like, are you not taking on a bit too much? Or they had confidence in you as most parents do to be like, I think he can do this. Uh, they were a bit apprehensive, but uh, they they gave me the go ahead. They said, if you're up for it, then do it. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing they, they, they reap the reward because when your kid comes out the 16 years, you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> Knows what he, what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So exam sitting is another thing that, that kind of like worries me. Um, how are we able to sit all these exams? Um, in some cases, I, I had to sit for three exams on a single day and uh Sometimes we had to shape the, the timetables so that I could write all the exams. So the school was willing to move things around to afford you the time to write the exams? Yeah, where the exams clashed. How, how did that work exactly? Um, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting how we did it exactly, but I think there were supposed to be two, two sessions uh, each single day. So one in the morning and then one in the afternoon. So I, I think we put one exam in the in the middle of the day where there was supposed to be no exam. Or I would start an exam maybe later into the day when all, when all exams were supposed to, to have been written by then and then finish close to, close to evening. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that I, I, I'm I don't know why I'm I'm worried, but I'm I'm thinking of a 16, 17 year old having to take this entire load on them. Uh, maybe <laughs> you're built of stronger stuff than I am, but yeah, ish, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so so talk to yeah. me about kite. Um, yeah. we I'm I'm guessing you okay. So I guess we should start from what problems did you find uh, through this experience of you writing all these subjects? What problems did I find? Mm. That, that you wanted to solve? Okay, uh, so I, I didn't discover the problems through writing the 18 subjects. I wrote the 18 subjects to try and solve the problem that I discovered beforehand. So as I was saying, the problem to do with lack of access to learning material, the high teacher to, to student ratio, and also about discovering the best uh, study techniques that I could then implement in this in this app that I've de- developed. Mm. Okay. So how did, when you're designing Kite, um, 
the application how did you then apply these things to while you were building the application because on your um on shasha network i was reading a bit of a profile on you it says uh, you're an IoT machine learning and robotics enthusiast, uh, but yeah, quote unquote, an expert in Android and iOS uh, development. So as you built the app, I'm, I'm guessing, were you, I guess, let's start from here. Were you building this from a uh, engineering perspective as a developer, or were you building this from an educator's perspective? Uh, I would say a little bit of both. Well, so, so tell me about both sides. Okay. Um, so starting from the educator's perspective, uh, I would say the goal, uh, the, the goal and, and the reason why Kite exists is to help more students excel. So the, the first and most important component to, to this system is saving quality learning content uh, on there. So um, I had to design a process and, and a guideline that I would then give to, to the people that are creating content uh, for Kite that they needed to follow so that the content we have on the platform is, is of high quality and is easy to understand for the, for the student. And then uh, the, the next component was um, implementing the, the study techniques that I discovered to work um, into the, this app. So, you know, effective learning is, is all about... Um, a learning experience that, that is personalized and adaptive uh, to the needs of each and every unique learner. So this is the core of, of the Kite app. It's always collecting data on the way that you are studying, on the way that you are responding to assessment questions and just and, and use this data to personalize uh, the learning experience according to what you are lacking. Okay. And... Um... This guideline that you said you you developed uh, before we get into the the the, the, the study habits, um, can you give me a rough idea of what that guide consists of? Okay, um, so it's, it's about content that needs to be to be clear, you know, and and, and straight um, and straightforward. It goes straight to the point, and there is no unnecessary use of. Uh, of, of jargon and also this content is supposed to to cover the whole syllabus for for all the subjects that are offered on the platform and and also uh, it, it is uh, a template structure for the content that that we have on the platform so it's supposed to be like, like each each and every lesson is supposed to address one objective so that the student is not given a lot of content in one go. And this is meant to help to make it easier for the student to, to understand what they are reading because they are getting information in, in, smaller, in smaller chunks, which are easier to, to digest. And then um, and the, these bite-sized lessons are supposed to, to be followed by, by, by three questions, a multiple choice question, uh, a structured question, and a, a few in question. And so, yeah, that, that's a high level view of, of the guideline that we're using with our content creators. Okay, so for, from an educator's perspective, um, how do you structure those, those three questions? The multiple choice, um, the, the, I'm guessing it's a written form and then the fill-in question. How do you structure them to, to get the most out of that particular, like let's just say on an overview perspective, that particular subject? 
Okay, so you know, uh, in the syllabus, it has a different a different um, number of, of questions are specified. I mean, like a question that is uh, testing application, in a question that is testing uh, knowledge on the subject being assessed for. So that was the kind of structure we're using with, with questions, and uh, the questions were supposed to be exam style uh, assessment questions. So that when one uh, encounters those questions, it's then easier for them to 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 approach exam uh, to approach exams since they would have been exposed to the same questions before. Okay, so it kind of prepares them for doing you know being in that examination mode, which I I was never the best at. Uh, I guess there's some of the audience who might feel the same way because um, yeah, exam is a at least in my experience, is a is a unique setting and filled with pressure. Uh, so, has that alleviated that stress uh, that some students like myself uh, might have had or might have when it comes to exam pressure? Uh, sorry, I, I didn't get the question. I'm saying, did that uh, did the way you structure the questions that they feel sort of like an exam? Did that help? Um, or from the data that you've seen so far in the in the in the work you've done, has it helped students who you know might not necessarily do well the first time around? Okay, so uh, I, to be honest, I hadn't looked at that. I mean, like uh, alleviating the the exam stress, but we we designed it in such a way that it doesn't feel like an exam. Okay, well then I, I may have yeah, misunderstood I, you there. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's great then, because yeah, putting someone in an exam situation is is difficult. But I, I guess the more you do the questions and the more you see uh, the frequency yeah. answers, the better it it, it becomes. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like an exam at all because um, it's more like you just read a small lesson, and then after that lesson, you are getting only three questions. You answer them. If if you fail, uh, we give you feedback. Like uh, the answer you've provided is incorrect. Could you attempt the question again? And uh, if if you are continuously failing the question, you can then use the the unlock button, and then you get you get the you get the answer. After you see the answer, you can then enter the answer into into the app, and then it marks you correct, and you proceed. So it doesn't really feel like an exam, but it's giving you um, the chance to 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 practice throughout the the learning journey. Mm. So the emphasis for you guys is more practice, like get into the swing of things. Yeah. So if if you read something and um, soon afterwards you see the questions you know, that, that are linked to that kind of, um, of content, then it's, it's easier for you to, to master that concept because you now know how it's assessed. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, it, it helps me because I'm one of those people, like I said before, who's exam shy. So yeah, I think the, the more you're exposed to something and if you get the proper aids and assists, um, the less scary it becomes, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. So going on to the learning materials themselves. So as, as an educator uh, or from an education educator perspective, I guess you're a bit of both, but I'm guessing more, or I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. You're more of a developer. Yeah, yeah, I'm more of a developer. <laughs> okay, so what, what guidance or what um, help did you get when you're setting out the course curriculum for the subjects you offer? What help did I get with, with the, setting up the curriculum? Yeah. 
Um, so I'd say uh, we have had to to pay teachers to to create content. I mean, we we had to pick the the best teachers, you know, uh, to to create learning content for for the subjects currently offered there. So we paid them as a company, and uh, they created the content. Okay, you said the best teachers. How did you evaluate? Uh, you know, who were the best and who weren't. Well, yeah, it was mostly about uh, recommendations and, uh, and credentials. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the to the bite-sized lessons. Um, I, I like the the concept of having you know small pieces of information you can digest um, really well. Um, the kite app itself does it also incorporate other mediums, for example, uh, visual and on top of words as, as well as uh, audio to help students who might let's say have uh, digest information differently. Uh, like, for example, I am a visual learner. So if, if it's not in pictures, I am not going to get it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it, it comes with illustrations uh, and also this uh, text-to-speech feature. So, in, you know, if, if you are reading a lesson, you can also press the, 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 the sound button and then it starts reading all the lesson to you. So those are the... Those are the options currently available. But in the future, we are looking to, to add video on there so that you can either select a text or audio or video. Okay. And, and the, the, the app is really cool because I like the offline feature uh, that it has, uh, that you can have the information offline. Do students have to download this or is it immediately, is, it, is there a download option, I should say? Or, you know, does the information get immediately downloaded when you've, when you've paid for the course? Uh, so offline mode is, is the app's default. Okay. All the learning content is, is coming pre-packaged within the app. So after you install the app, there is no extra step you need to take to, to get the content. It's all in there. Okay. That's, that's really cool because your data is a really big issue these days uh, with prices going up uh, and up and uh, with e-learning be, like, be, becoming a really big focus and a talking point because it has to supplement traditional education in one respect or another. Um, yeah. So, in, in 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 terms of usership right now, um, where do what are your numbers like since you launched? Okay, so I, I think it's been about um, six days or so since we launched, and um, on Google Play Store, we we have um, about one thousand nine hundred and fifty downloads so far. Oh, well done! <laughs> it's very well no, done. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, is it uh, when is it coming to the uh, App Store, to the Apple App Store? Um, we are still working on that uh, because you know the the review the review process on App Store is it's a bit lengthy, and also setting up a developer account, especially from Zimbabwe, takes very long. So we are still looking uh, and exploring ways to to make this this quicker, and then it will be available on on Play Store. Okay. Um, so on, on to the business side of things, uh, you know, the money talks and subscription models are something I'm really hesitant about when it comes to Zimbabwe, because I, I feel like it's, it's difficult to run a subscription model in, in Zimbabwe. Uh, that's the assumption that I have, of course. Um, but we've seen a lot of subscription based e-learning platforms in Zim uh, over the years. Uh, we, to, to be honest, I wouldn't know of the success and failure rate uh, of them, but from your experience, what has it been like in the short, spirit, short space you've had uh, with, with, with running a, a subscription model? How many people have paid immediately? What, 
what people have inquired about, you know, um, uh, the, the the full package, which I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is a thousand two hundred and ninety nine, compared to the two hundred ninety nine per subject. What what has the difference been with the people who go for the full package and people who go per subject? Um. Okay. So. So I would say with the subscriptions, um, right now we don't have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of data or a lot of comments because we just launched and then our app comes with a with a two day free trial period. Mm. So I I, I think uh, in terms of all people, a few about these subscriptions, we are going to know maybe in about a week we have in, enough information. But uh, so far, a few people have have paid. Uh, for, for for single subject subscriptions and then a few other people the the full package subscription now i'm curious to know what how you feel about the subscription model um like what were your thoughts going into it saying yeah we're going to make it a subscription model okay so if if we're looking at, at kite and then and the benefits that that it is giving to the student um and then look at the the prices for for the subscription the subject or the full package then i i think uh the value is is so huge you know compared to the price because on on the platform you are getting something like um like a textbook on the because we have all the content covering the the syllabus for for each and every subject that is on there and then this app is is teaching you I mean, on, on its own, it's guiding you where you are wrong, it's asking you questions, uh, marking uh, the answers that you provide. And, and also uh, this app is eliminating the need for you to, to buy data, right? And, and also there's, um, there's personalization on there. Like if, if you answer a question incorrectly, then uh, it, kicks, it kicks off the, the personalization part of the learning process where um when when you first open the app uh it gives you it, it gives you a refresher that is linked to the question you've previously answered incorrectly as step one of of personalization and then in step two uh it, it gives you a reminder like uh you, you have answered this question incorrectly the correct answer is so and so and then as the third step of personalization uh it asks you that question again like, um, could you attempt this question again? And if you answer it correctly, it then updates your learner profile to say you have mastered this concept. So in terms of comparing the value to the price, I think the app is, is way, way cheaper because, it, you know, the price of a textbook, I think textbook go for more than $20. And uh, during, the, during the times that... Um, extra lessons were still allowed in Zimbabwe. Um, the teachers were charging something like $10, $10 per month, right? So if, if you compare the total cost of, say, something like uh, two years to do, for example, biology extra lessons plus buying a textbook, you know, assuming that uh, a holiday lesson is going for, for $10 per month, that's about two forty plus twenty dollars. You know, making it two sixty, and you compare that against uh, the cost of uh, subscription per month. Our maximum price, the subject is is not more, it's not more than two dollars. So you know, that's that's my thinking around uh, around the subscription model, 
and the approach that we took uh, with charging these students is, is way way more affordable as, as compared to, to the alternatives. Okay, so how are you able to then subsidize the cost for the textbooks that you're getting? Because you said you had to pay teachers uh, to do it. Um, what, okay. what sort of what sort of what sort of investment got into Kite for you to then be able to be able to uh, absorb all these uh, quite expensive resources? Okay, uh, so you know the the pricing is is based on the assumption that over over the long run we are getting a lot of uh, a lot of users. You know, we we are starting off with with huge costs, but then they are going to be recovered after we we get more users. So that's the assumption we are making. And then uh, also with the course, when you, you make a textbook and, and print it, you, you have this, these are the cost of having to print a book, but this is a digital product and we don't have such a cost of, uh, of printing textbooks. So I would say those are the ways that we have, we've been able to subs subsidize this cost for, you know, for the content that's on the platform. Okay, and and any initial backers who came in, uh, you know, did you pitch this idea to investors uh, who who came in to to give the financial backing for the for the project? Uh, so I have uh, two partners that are really, I mean, very very close friends of mine. So we had to uh, to, to come together and and you know put in money together into funding the project and and paying the teachers that were creating content. So all of this was down to just you and your and your partners. Yeah. Okay, that's that's quite admirable to be honest. Uh, I, 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 I have this little joke I tell myself: I rarely ever see Zimbabweans gathering together to work together. We <laughs> usually <laughs> gathering together to, to criticize, but that, that that that's a joke on my part. Uh, uh, so, I'm I'm curious to know what you, what ambitions you have for for Kite. So it's a very new platform. Um, mm. what ambitions do you have going on in the future? Okay, so uh, our, our technology is built to be dynamic, so it can work with content for for any level and for any curriculum. So the vision with Kite with Kite is uh, to introduce it to to a lot of um, to to a lot of international curriculums, say Cambridge, you know, and also other curriculums. And um, introduce Kite as well to 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 corporate learning, especially given that we have uh, an in-house software called Kite Moonlab that okay. we use to 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 strip to, to streamline the the content creation process. So it's, it's a software that helps us um, generate content content which is a uh, rich content. I would say, in the sense that this content is is interlinked every topic linked to a subtopic, linked to an objective, linked to a question, linked to a lesson, everything is interlinked. And then this, this helps deliver a rich uh, learning experience. So, yeah, so those are my ambitions. Um, in, introducing Kite uh, to more curriculums over the coming years and uh, introducing it for, for corporate learning as well. And I know it's early days, but I'm, I'm just tempted to ask, um, you know, building capacity to introducing it to other um, curriculums and other, other spheres of, of, of learning uh, is, in my mind, uh, this is just my opinion, um, you know, a, a massive undertaking. 
because if if I'm not mistaken, it's a case of then relearning uh, or learning anew how to structure uh, content. Just give me an idea of how, if let's say we're a year in the future and how, what kind of capacity you want to build from where you are now to a point where you can say, you know what, I think we're comfortable bringing something else along. Okay, so as, as I've mentioned, um, it, it, the tech is, is dynamic, right? So the only component that would need to be added when introducing it to another curriculum, uh, for example, Cambridge, it's only a matter of, of getting the learning content. So, well, so I'm guessing that that makes things a whole lot easier when, we, when you build the tech. So tell me more about what makes uh, the tech you're working on adaptive. Okay, so the app itself, uh, we, we don't go in there and end a lesson one by one. We use the, the Kite Moonlab software to export a special file format that works with the app. And the app then takes this file format. Uh, we, we compile a release of the app. And once the app is on the user's device, it then creates um, a databases or, I mean, a database uh, on the user's device and then writes this content to the user's device. And then all the learning that they are doing now um, is, is based on the content coming from this database. So that's pretty much the, the structure, you know, of, of the app and how it is dynamic. Interesting. I, well, I'm, in my mind, I'm, I'm typically used to logging things manually, but if this can do it, um, you know, in, in, in a more efficient way, then I, I guess it's 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 best for for all. Um, so here, here comes a little thing that I always see with e-learning apps. Some apps say they want to work with traditional education. Other apps say they want to replace or substitute. Where do you think? Mm -hmm. what, what, where does Kite stand? Okay. Um. So traditional learning, uh, you know, works, you know, in some ways, and it doesn't work in some ways. So I would say Kite complements traditional learning. We have the teacher uh, that is uh, stretched in terms of capacity, but they are, they are teaching their students, right? And giving them the, the introductions first and, you know, doing like some sort of an overview of the content or maybe going into detail. But then the students are not mastering them these concepts uh, right away, right? And so they come to Kite and then they they repeat this stuff until they master it. So I would say Kite is complementary to the traditional classroom model. Okay. Oh, I, I guess you're not trying a new education revolution, um, <laughs> which I, I mean, it's good and bad. I mean, it's good to complement what's already there because, you know, you're just trying to boost up. And I, I guess it reaches more people with, with the way, you know, um, online services or, you know, device-based services are not uh, open to everyone else. So you mentioned that the app yeah. is offline by default. Does this mean it's zero-rated? Yeah, it doesn't need uh, an internet connection to work, except for when you're initiating um, a transaction for, for a subscription. Okay, so when you're done initiating, when, you, when you've done the transaction, um, tell me the steps that go from, I'm done to the transaction, I've selected what course or courses I want, uh, and how does that work? Do I need, is all the information available on the app itself? And then it allows me access to certain parts of it that I've paid for, or I'll have to download that information. No, you, you only have to download the app. There are no additional downloads you have to, uh, to make you. Okay. When you first download the app and open it, 
uh, it asks you to select the subjects that you are taking in school mm. from the the ones available on the app. You select bio, uh, combined science, economics, three subjects from the ones available, and then you you click on proceed. After that, it then sets up this content on your on your device, and then when it's done, it gives you a two day free trial, so you have uh, free access to all the features and the content on the app for for two days and when that has expired you're then supposed to to pay for for each subject or you choose the the only one subscription package and once you pay you know you can continue learning there are no additional steps in terms of setting up the content okay I, i'm just on the google play store now and i've seen that the app is 41 megabytes in size uh so you can fit all of that into all the materials into 41 megabytes uh which which device are, are you opening I'm on PC. The, the download link from I'm on PC. Yeah, so that one, like it's, it's a universal file size. Mm-hmm. The file that are, are uploaded to, to Google Play Store, the download size is about 18 megabytes. Okay. Yes, you're, you're seeing the one because you're not opening from an Android device. Android device. It's okay. supposed to be mm-hmm. it's supposed well, to be 18 megabytes, so 20 between 18 and uh 21. All right, let me just check on my Android now to see. Is Play Store. I always misplace where there we go. I always misplace the Play Store because <laughs> people I, I usually give them as links. Try this app. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, yes, 18 megabytes. Correct. On, on yeah on on, on 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 the Play Store and a lot of good reviews <laughs> from the 29. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking through right now. It seems like people are really happy with the UI. I, I was pretty impressed with 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 um. The user interface. I didn't really go deep into the app, but I uh, oh, looked through the, the stuff. I, I was uh, even the launch event as well, uh, which was held on YouTube a while back. Uh, again, really impressed with the way you guys decided to. Um, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is the right word. Modernize <laughs> launch event because <laughs> it looked it looked very well produced. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Okay, so let's take a swing to to you as uh, as as, uh, as Um, I was on the internet and I saw you went to Conway College. Uh-huh. So you studied um, computer science there or something else? Yeah, I I did uh, computer science, but if your question is about programming, uh, is that so? Yes, it is. Okay, uh, so I've I've been learning programming since I was uh, in in form one. It uh it go Mary. So you know that's how I started coding. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so when, when did you graduate? From from Conway. Yeah. Um, that was um twenty nineteen. That's when I did my A levels. Okay. Cool. Well, well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, programming form one. I, I I was playing with dirt when I was in form one. <laughs> I <wish> I had <laughs> the, the sort of perseverance that you guys had. Uh, I, I I think during your time, uh, the internet was was not so much accessible as it is right now. True, we had dial up. Uh, dial up was the only way you could yeah. get on the internet, and there was I think probably one machine in the entire school when I was in 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 high school that had, and then yeah, the rest kind of yeah. had a local internet. So yeah, I, I can understand. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. This has been great, man. Like, I, I'm really impressed by what you've been what you've been able to achieve so far. Um, really curious about you know if you have anything else besides kite going on that you you know you might want to share. 
Uh, not really. I mean, at the moment, my focus is, is kite. I want to, to get it going. Um, I want to, to see it help a lot of um, students. I want to see the students excel, you know, especially during these times that we are in. First, it was the pandemic. The kids were not learning. And then now it's, it's the strike. So it's, it's really difficult for them to, to study. And I'm pretty sure so many of them are anxious and worried, you know, if, if they're going to make it. So the goal with Kite is to, to help them be, be in a better position with, with their studies. Yeah, uh, definitely. So uh, just a, another quick one. Um, have you gone mm-hmm. to like um, uh, communities that would be termed underprivileged communities and introduced Kite to them uh, as, a, as a different sort of way of learning, be it to teachers or to students themselves? Yeah, I'm actually in Masingo right now, um, just doing uh, information information sessions with uh, with students from local schools. Okay, and how do how have how have they and, gone? Uh, they are going pretty well. Uh, the kids are excited about about this app, and especially that it works offline. You know, in, internet is very limited here. Yeah, so I would say they are loving the app. Sorry. Hello. You said you said they were loving there. Yeah, they are loving. Ah, uh, uh, okay. All right. So, Takuto, thank you very much for your time. Uh, all the very best uh, in the future with Kite, and we hope to hear another announcement that you know you guys have done something else, <laughs> or have expanded right. to to uh, to Cambridge. Uh, and also expanded the subject uh, catalog. So for the listeners uh, presently, Kite offers biology, heritage studies, economics, computer science, combined science, and commerce. Uh, these subjects are for Zimsec O-Level. Um, it's a subscription-based model. So you pay $2.99 per subject, local currency, not USD. I don't want to scare people out there. Uh, and $1.299 per month, local currency uh, for the entire package. Uh, and I'm guessing we'll hear more when you guys have expanded to more subjects and uh, to other curriculums. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you for having me on your platform. Likewise, uh, we, we we wait to hear more from you and, and what, you, what you'll be able to achieve. All right. Thanks, man. Have a lovely day. You too. And to our listeners, thank you very much for joining us and I will see you again soon. All right. Bye-bye.